call a mess. I mean, I, I, I mean, man, uh, you want to talk about uh, Taiwan, China, get this thing situated. All right, there, there. How's that? Does that work? All right, uh, we just got in here. Um, uh, we were traveling, so we didn't get to see all the vice presidential uh, debates. We we got uh, some of the debates in, but man, you want to talk? You want to talk about a mess? Again, it's Rob Zakari, Rob Zakari show. Man, I, I you know, I I know Pence is kind of like. Uh, um, you know, mild-mannered, but I, I wish he would just slap the hell out of Tim Kaine. Man, you, you know, the media made a big deal that Trump would uh, say to Hillary Clinton, wrong, you're wrong. I mean, oh, that, that, was, uh, that was SNL skits, that was... That was a big deal. If somebody doesn't comment on the fact that Tim Kaine, man, it just, it's nonstop. The guy nonstop interrupts Pence. It's just nonstop. Pence says, uh, and then I was, tell me about this. Tell me about this. Oh, my God. He's like a girl. I'm telling you, I don't want to be, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to be derogatory. All right, we're we're not a derogatory show. We're we're an upbeat show. That's what we are. We're 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 upbeat. We're a fun show. <laughs> we're like Samantha B. We're a fun show. But I, I must say. If it wasn't for the fact that Tim Kaine is married, okay, and who knows? Sometimes uh, people get married to, um, well, they, they use it as a cover. They, they use it to hide something. Again, I don't, I don't want to be mean, but it happens. If I didn't know... And 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 I was just watching this debate. I would say that Tim Kaine is acting like a girl, like a a very feminine girl, almost like, or a feminine guy, a, a, a very feminine guy. The amount of interruption. If 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 Trump is rude with his interruption, Tim Kaine is just straight up girl like with his interruptions. It's not even. I mean, listen. At least, at least Trump, Hillary would say something. There would be a break, and he would go wrong. Man, Tim Kaine is just. And who's this moderator? This, this, this. 
I thought Megan Kelly and Brett Bear were the monitors. What? What? what I, seriously, I thought they had Megan Kelly doing the moderating with Brett Bear. I, 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 I'm stupid. I, I'm, I guess it's another uh, peep. I guess it's another peep moment where I, I didn't know it was Pepe, and I had no idea what the, the frog represented it. I thought Megan Kelly and Brett Bear were doing the debates. I had no idea that it would be a woman that I've never heard of, and she would basically double-team Pence. Now, I, I think all the questions have been fair. There's no Lester Holt moment. But she's interrupting Pence, not as much as Tim Kaye. But it's like Pence has got to deal with two women. It's 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 wild, man. It's wild. You know, Pence is is I, I don't know. He's he's this like nice guy with the with the with the gray hair, and you know, he's doing his thing. But uh, you know, I, I get it. He doesn't want to wrong. I, I get it. But man, you gotta put. Uh, you got to put Tim Kaine in his place. got to put him in his place. Oh, you just, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think Pence has either given a response or given a follow-up without Tim Kaine interrupting. I mean, it, it, it's some, there's like three people at some point. Just going over, you got Pence trying to talk, then you got Kane. I just want you guys, I just want you guys, and then while he's doing that, you got the moderator, and she's chiming in. It's not your time, Mr. Pence, you need to designate. It's like three people going, I mean, it's very, very, very disorganized. It's just a hodgepodge of people talk. Say what you want about uh, Trump and Hillary. Say what you want, but man, if the media doesn't comment about Kane just just talking or that, is that? I mean, a couple times there's actually some questions. Uh, there's actually some questions in there. What are you going to do about immigration? What you know? What what are you gonna do about Aleppo? My other favorite new word between Aleppo and Pepe. Those are my two new favorite words. I never heard Aleppo used so much. It's like it's like the buzzword. Syria? No. Aleppo. Okay. You mean the green frog? No. Pepe. The racist. Neo-Nazi frog. So there's actually some decent questions. I mean, and I, for the most part, the VP debate is is always like this. It's always very um, substantive. I, I mean, I'll admit that. 
but you can't hear anybody's answer because it's, it's Kane. He just keeps talking. He just keeps talking. He won't stop. He just interrupts and interrupts. I get it. that It's a strategy, but I, I mean, when you have the media on your side, I guess it doesn't really matter because nobody's going to, you know, take a dump on them. You, you want to bet? You want to bet? The media will not dump on Tim Kaine for interrupting. Guarantee. Guarantee. They'll be like, oh, he was awesome. He was just awesome. But like I said, I, I only caught about 20 minutes because we had to get to the studio. We had to do the show. We had to prepare. Uh, you don't want to, you know, not prepare and sit here on the radio like a dummy. So my observation now, of course, we'll have more tomorrow when we can kind of digest it. But just 25, 30 minutes that I saw. It was just uh, Tim Kaine rambling on and on and on over anything Mike Pence said. And the moderator kind of doing the same, but it is what it is. It is what it is. There's your VP debate. All right. Here's my take. A lot of things to get to. A lot of things. The VP debate. We have Bill Clinton. We have the great Bill Clinton out on the campaign trail telling all of us what, uh, well, what, what we've known. Here's another uh, Pepe and Aleppo moment for me. You know, I was a liberal. Yes, I was. I was a liberal many, many, many years ago. I had the disease. It's kind of like being an alcoholic or being a junkie. It, it's it's hard to kick. It is. It's it's hard to kick. But once you kick it, you never look back, and you constantly. Say, how the hell was I addicted to that? How the hell was I an addict? How the hell was this? And that's what it's like being a liberal. So, when I was a liberal, I was completely for Obamacare. I had no idea what it was about. But I was for because I was a liberal. Say, oh, you're not going to be able to pick a doctor. Your your uh, premiums are going to go through the roof. All of the I said, no, that's just Republican talking points. That's just oh, that. Blah, blah, blah. I towed the liberal line. I towed the liberal line. Now at the time. I had insurance uh, through a company, so I didn't give it much thought. 
But I had insurance through a friend of mine, and I didn't really give the whole Obamacare much thought. I just said, yeah, it's great. You're just going to insure all these people. The liberal talking point was, I was a liberal. I was a liberal. Actually, I was probably more a tweener because I had conservative positions on immigration. But if I had to choose, I was a liberal. I was one of the people that voted for Obama in 08. So I didn't give the whole Obamacare much thought. I had insurance through somebody that I worked for. I towed the liberal talk points. And it wasn't until my girlfriend got pregnant, I left the company that I worked for, I said, I got to get insurance. Uh, I've been away from the company for a couple years. I'm getting a little bit old now. I'm going to have to get that jelly finger soon. I'm going to have to start getting those checkups that affect older people. Not in my 30s anymore. And the girlfriend said, hey, guess what? I'm pregnant. I went, oh, man, you're going to need insurance. You just turned 27. You're not on your parents' plan anymore. And you're pregnant. Okay, let me get some insurance. So I call Blue Cross Blue Shield, California. The guy gets on the phone, and I said, hey, what's up, bro? I said, listen, I uh, I spent about an hour here. I got the uh, the platinum plan. It's about 2.30 a month. Um, it's got a you know, $4,000 deductible. It covers breast pumps, you know, all the, <laughs> all the bells and whistles that one would need. I said, but I can't seem to pay for it. I go, I got my debit card out, and it's just not working for me. You're not a debit card? And Blue Cross of Blue Shield, California, said, oh, you, you, you can't buy it now. I said, what do you mean you can't buy it now? And he goes, it's not open enrollment. I said, oh, bro, bro, bro. No, 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 no. listen, I, I, I don't want Obamacare. I, I I go, you know, we make too much money. We're not qualified for Obamacare. I go, I just got, I got to buy this insurance. He goes, yeah, okay, but you can't do it until open enrollment. I said, oh, here we go again. I said, bro, I don't know Obamacare. I, I, I have too much money now. I, 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 I could have qualified for it a couple of years ago. I go through the whole story. You know, I, I worked for somebody, and, and her, but I didn't bother to get insurance because I was still young. I wasn't worried about things. I got a kid coming, blah, 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 blah. 
He said, okay, it's a nice story, sir, but you still can't buy insurance for open enrollment. And I said, whoa. I said, what do you mean? I go, when I had insurance, you could buy insurance anytime you wanted. Didn't matter. You went to Blue Cross or you went to Anthem, you went to wherever it is, and you said, hey, I need some insurance. And they said, okay, that will be 200 a month, 300 a month, 400 a month. Give us money. And you got insurance. They said, he goes, well, that was then. I go, what do you mean that was then? He goes, because of the Affordable Care Act, you no longer can buy insurance whenever you want. I said, what do you mean? Think about it. This is what I do. I, I talk on the radio about politics. And here I am, not knowing the Affordable Care Act. Here I am, somebody that was a liberal for many, many years. And I towed the liberal line of Obamacare. And here I am trying to get insurance, and I'm running in to issues that crazy Sarah Palin said would happen. Mitch McConnell, John McCain. The list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. So here's this Blue Cross Blue Shield guy explaining to me that because the Affordable Care Act basically hijacked all the insurance companies, everybody now, even if you want to buy insurance, to wait until there's open enrollment, And then he went through this whole process with me. And I said, this is effed up, man. I said, this is effed up. And after we go through this thing, back and forth, he actually says to me, welcome to Obamacare. I said, wow. Here's a guy working at Blue Cross and Blue Shield shooting on Obamacare. So I get off the phone and I go in and I tell my girl, I said, well, you can't get insurance now. She goes, what do you mean? I go, we got to wait until open enrollment. She goes, yeah, but did you tell them we don't want Obamacare? (laughs) So I have to go through the whole thing with her. They explain, which I do. As she's a month pregnant. So, right now, my girl is five months pregnant. And we have no health care for her. We have to wait until next month in order to get health care. Even though, even though we have Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to buy whatever plan 
that is necessary, we can't do it. Because Obamacare does not let you purchase insurance. Unless in between the times that they say open enrollment is now open. Isn't that a bitch? Don't mean to swear, but isn't that a bitch? Have money. You have money, and you can't buy insurance. So my girl has no insurance. So let's just say something happens to her right now. Let's just say something happens to her right now, and I got to rush her to the hospital. She's got uh, a a, a five-month-old fetus inside. Let's just say the, the worst. Let's just say the worst. She goes into labor and has a two-pound preemie that has to live in an incubator four months. You know what the bill? You know what the bill would be? Not five grand, not ten grand, not twenty grand. Talking six figures. If my girl went into labor now and the hospital had to take care of a preemie four months, if the child survived, they would hand me a bill for six figures. And you know what I would do with that bill? You want to know what I would do? I would rip it up. And use it as toilet paper. That's what I would do with that bill. I would rip it up and use it as toilet paper. I would say I wanted to buy insurance three months ago. I had my debit card. I had my hundreds and hundreds of dollars ready to buy, but because of Obamacare, I wasn't allowed to. Four months later, I had something horrific happen to me. I had to go to a hospital. Hospital had to take care of my loved one, and then handed me a bill for a hundred thousand dollars that I'm not going to pay. Now the hospital eats at hundred grand. Some right wing conspiracy story. This is legit. This is real. This is from somebody who's been going through it for the last four months. Cross my fingers. Every time we go to the doctor, I have to pay out of my pocket. We go to her OBGYN, it costs me two fifty every time we go so that they can put that thing on her stomach and go, looks good, baby's heart beats good, thank you for your two fifty. 
good day. I had to go get the big ultrasound where they measure the bones, they make sure the heart's there, make sure he's got doesn't have lobster hands. Cost me eight ninety. Out of pocket. Eight hundred and ninety dollars. All because of Obamacare. All because of Obamacare. And one of my good friends, while this is going on, I'm talking to him and I'm telling him what I'm going through. He goes, how did you just discover this? I said, I just discovered it just like I just discovered Pepe. Okay? Just like I just discovered Pepe and Aleppo. (laughs) Aleppo. I go, I just, he goes, dude, I had Aetna. He goes, I had Aetna. They sent me a letter and said, uh, you're going to have to find new insurance. I said, are you serious? He goes, yeah. I go, man. I go, don't you feel stupid for being a liberal? Seriously, don't you feel stupid? Feel dumb. We towed the liberal water for all these years. And we told our conservatives that they were dumb. Other conservatives, they were stupid because Obamacare is the greatest thing. Obamacare is not going to do the things that you say it's going to do. And here we are. You lost your Aetna insurance. And I can't get insurance, even though I want to pay for the insurance. And my girlfriend's five months pregnant. And if something happens, I'm uh, screwed. And he goes, yeah, feel pretty stupid. It's amazing. I go, it's amazing. I go, it's amazing. Controlling the media will do for a president and a party. And I've said it on this program for the last year and a half. I've said it on this program pre-Donald Trump. You control the media. You control the message. You control the country. You want to talk about being a Nazi? You want to talk about being a communist? You want to talk about Stalin? You want to talk about dictatorship? When one party controls the media, you essentially have a communist Regime. Because if you look at Russia or you look at these other countries, they always have that one opposition. Sure, Putin eventually kills them. But all these places have one little opposition. Ah, One little. 
So we were all duped by the media into believing somehow Obamacare was going to be the cure for everyone. And it really makes no sense because here's the thing. If you're poor and you can't get insurance, every state has some type of Medicare program. In California, you have Medi-Cal. So if you don't qualify for Obamacare, listen, I got a friend. I got a friend. I got a lot of friends. Well, I actually, I don't really have a lot of friends. <laughs> Other people got more friends than me. But I got like a handful of friends. I got a handful of deplorables, all right? I got a handful of deplorables. I got a friend who didn't have insurance, okay? And he went and applied for Obamacare. And they asked what he made, and, you know, he he fills out all the paperwork. And he does some other things that aren't necessarily um, paycheck, um, I guess you could say, you know. Listen, we're in California. Uh, uh, A lot of people in California um, participate in the um, agriculture business, I, I guess you could call it that. I'm not saying I hang out with people that do that. I don't I just know a few of these deplorables. So, he doesn't have a paycheck per se. He doesn't get a check every month where taxes are taken out from a payroll system sporadic work and sometimes that work is in the form of cash so he filled out his Obamacare slip and about a month later the Obamacare people said hey bro you don't qualify for Obamacare you make so little of money you qualify for Medi-Cal. So here's your Medi-Cal information and wait by the mailbox. We'll be sending you your Medi-Cal card. So I have a friend who got Medi-Cal because he didn't even qualify to make enough money to get Obamacare. Now, I know some of you are going to say, well, Rob, that's kind of a lie because he gets paid under the table. Regardless, regardless, he's in the agriculture business, regardless. The point is, there is already a system in place. There's already a system in place. There's been a system in place. Every state has a system. Medi-Cal, 
or Meta New York or Meta Florida, whatever the hell they call it in those states. If you don't have enough money to get insurance, you get coverage by the state. And if you don't have coverage by the state and you get sick, you go to the hospital. You go to county. You go to the local hospital that is in your area. Yes, you're not going to go to USC Medical Center. Yes, you're not going to go to Cedar sinai So what Obama did was unnecessary. What Obama did was line the pockets of lobbyists and different insurance companies. I mean, it was a scam. It was a complete scam. It was kind of like when you buy a car, 20 grand or 30 grand, and you're like, oh, wow, this is great. This is awesome. And then they try to upsell you a whole bunch of stuff that you don't need. Or you buy a TV at Best Buy for $300. And they try to upsell you a bunch of stuff that winds up costing more than the damn TV. That's all Obamacare was. That's it. That's all Obamacare was. And like I've said before, the media pushed it. Listen, you want to know what Obama said? Now, of course, you know, no, nobody's really hitting on this. But it's kind of like a... A subliminal, this is how you do it, you got to control the media. When Obama gave an interview with the New York Magazine, and he talked about, you know, his legacy, or, you know, of course, Obamacare, and blah, blah, blah. There was this one passage that really stood out. And Obama said, for Democrats, it's important for us to understand that whether or not we are able to achieve certain policy objectives is going to be primarily dependent on how many votes we get in each chamber and, more importantly, our ability to move public opinion. And it is not these days going to be as a dependent on classic deal-making between Democrats and Republicans. So what he's saying is you have to get public opinion on your side. 
in order to move legislation. How do you get public opinion? You control the media. You're not going to get public opinion. You're not going to get millions and millions and millions of people to move on an issue by doing town halls at the local library. You move public opinion by having hack tapper tell millions of people what the president wants told. Dana Bash, Poppy Harlow, the New York Times, the Washington Post, BuzzFeed, Daily Beast, L.A. Times, George Stephanopoulos, You move public opinion by these people telling the public what the president wants. And that's how we got Obamacare. That's how we got Obamacare. And here we are, seven and a half years later. Obamacare is a disaster. You know, when you hear people say, oh, millions of people have insurance. Well, those millions of people would have had insurance regardless. They live in California. It's Medi-Cal. They live in California. It's Medi-Cal. And all the other states have the exact same program. All the other states have the exact same program. And of course this is a big work. It was a big fugazi. Because here we are, seven and a half years, almost eight years. And the plan is unraveling before our very eyes. Rates are going through the roof before our very eyes. There were provisions that let insurance companies pull out after a certain amount of time. All of this is happening. Like I've said before on a different time, I don't know, two, three months ago. Ultimately, Obamacare is the assault weapons ban of the 90s. A 10-year ban that would last through Bill Clinton's eight years and two years uh, past that, however long it went. Actually, I think it was, uh, oh, God, what, the first three years of Bush? But it wasn't real. 
The assault weapons ban went into effect. Everybody uh, on the left stroked each other. Everybody on the right somewhat stroked each other because they were able to stiffen penalties for different crimes. There was compromise. But ultimately, both sides were able to tell the lobbyists who would be uh, upset the most that it would be done in 10 years. And that's what happened to Obamacare. It was basically, listen, once I'm out of the White House, I don't care what you guys do. Just keep it while I'm president. And everybody went, okay, why do you think it's unraveling now? Why do you think it's unraveling? And the coup de gras, the coup de gras of this whole conversation was Bill Clinton saying today that Obamacare is the craziest thing in the world. He said, you've got this crazy system where all of a sudden 25 million more people have health care. And then the people who are out there busting it, sometimes 60 hours a week, wind up with their premiums doubled and their coverage cut in half. It's the craziest thing in the world. (laughs) There's the living legend of the Democrat Party. Remember, this is the guy that can do no wrong. No matter what he does. Has a little sex here. Assaults a woman there. Sexually harasses over there. And Democrats line up to defend him. Well, that's his per- that was personal. That, uh, hey, every marriage has problems. Listen, he was the President of the United States, stupid. It's one thing to be in a marriage... You're a construction worker. She's a nurse. One of you cheat. Every marriage has a problem. But when you're the president of the United States, there's just something about having sex with interns that's a little different than stepping out on your partner who happens to just be a blue-collar worker. There's something about being the governor of a state and having a worker come up to a hotel room and you pull out your junk and say, kiss it a little. It's just something that's fundamentally different when you're talking about infidelity in marriages. Just something different about being the president of the United States or being a governor. Just something different. So here's the only man in the lib world that not only gets a pass, but gets praise for sexually harassing women. Saying, I quote, you got this crazy system where all of a sudden 25 million more people have health care. And then people who are out there busting it doubled 
in the coverage, cut in half. <laughs> it's the craziest thing in the world. It's the craziest thing in the world. Sarah Palin. And then he continued to say, sense, and it doesn't work here. That's Bill Clinton in Michigan. Is that a Republican talking? Is that a Republican talking? No, it's Bill Clinton, the great Bill Clinton, the living legend on the left, the living legend on the left, saying, I quote once again. So you got this crazy system where all of a sudden 25 million more people have health care. And then the people who are out there busting it, sometimes 60 hours a week, wind up with the premiums doubled and their coverage cut in half. It's the craziest thing in the world. craziest thing in the world it doesn't make sense and it just doesn't work here I mean there you go there you go there's Bill Clinton saying Obamacare is a failure Obamacare is a failure. Now, if you say, well, he misspoke, he's going to clean that up. Misspoke, clean it up. What you're saying is he's pandering people in Michigan. He's doing the typical Clinton So if he didn't mean it, then what is it that he meant? Because what he said is absolutely true. People's premiums are doubling. That's a fact. People are losing their health care coverage. That's a fact. Can't get coverage. When they want. That's a fact. These are all facts. These are all facts.
These are all facts. Obamacare is a failure. It's been a failure. It will continue to be a failure. You have to think and take in account live in this country. You have to take account of all the people that are part of this great nation. And what Obamacare did was punish tens of millions of people. Tens of million people for nothing. Because at the end of the day, the 20 or 25 million people that have coverage now could have gotten that coverage regardless. They could have gotten that coverage regardless. And that is a fact. That is a fact. And when you hear people say competition, it's about competition. It's about opening up competition. And liberals scoff at that. And of course, media controls the narrative. So in turn, American people scoff at that. But think about it for a minute. You go into Walmart television for $1,200. You go into Target and buy a 70-inch television for $1,400. You could bear socks for a buck. Hell, you could buy a 10-pack for 25 You can go to grocery stores of your choice, rather it's Ralph's, rather it's Vaughn's, rather it's Wegmans, rather it's Pavilions. You can go on eBay from 25 different people in 25 different states, and everybody has different pricing. Our entire lives are based around having a choice. Competition. People competing to give you a service cheaper and better than other individuals. So, if it works for cars, if it works for clothes, if it works uh, for plane tickets, if it works for food, if it works for car wash, 
you name it, dog groomers, pet stores. Why the hell would it not work for health insurance? Of course it will work for health insurance. You just are told it won't work for health insurance because liberals control the media. But when you hear that competition, as it pertains to health care, won't work, just remember that concept defies logic and it defies reality because competition affects prices in every other aspect of our daily lives. the Rob Zakari show. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, touch on a couple other things. I was just told the debates are over. Deep. We'll maybe see we can get it run down. I'm going to grab a little more coffee and we'll be right back. So don't go away. Uh, listen to Baked Alaska. Listen to us on iHeartRio. Listen to us on Spreaker. If you're listening to us on Blog Talk, if you're listening to us on iTunes, listening to us on the Rob Zakari Show. And if you're watching us on Periscope or one of the live feeds, uh, don't uh, despair. If you see a empty chair, because we will be right back. It's the Rob Zakari Show. Yeah. Just got ten feet Again, cause 
I don't have anybody to get me coffee. I don't have anybody that gets me coffee. It's just me. It's me here. I'm I'm a one-man wrecking crew over here. All right? Got no coffee getter. So I was just real quick watching uh, uh, some of the... um, React, not reaction, I guess, but you know the the talking heads. And I'm looking at uh, Eric. Uh, I think it's Eric. Eric Trump on there. Why? Why is it? Why? Why would Eric go on there? That's what I want to know. Seriously, why? Why would Eric go on there? Why put yourself in a position where you're going to have to deal with Wolf Blitzer and Dana Bash? I don't get it. These are two people that uh, uh, danced with champagne in their um, hands when Hillary Clinton got the nomination. They literally danced. I mean, I okay, you dance apart, but if you're a journalist, think about it. If you're a journalist, if you're supposed to be this respected, objective uh, journalist, and you're supposed to have all this integrity and blah, 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 blah. Why the hell? Why the hell would you be dancing and partying and whooping it up at Hillary Clinton's acceptance speech? Why would you? I, it's, a, it's a rhetorical question. Relax. Because you have no integrity. You understand that? <laughs> you have no integrity. That's why. If you have no integrity, then of course that's why you would be standing at Hillary Clinton's party. That's why. All right. Uh, ISIS. I know this is not getting uh, much traction. I think the only place it's being reported on is Fox. And that's why I say not getting much traction. Because remember, unless you're a conservative, unless you're, you're not going to Fox. It's kind of like a debate that I have on this program as it pertains to the media and the fact that the media is controlled by Democrats. And when I bring up my dad as an example, he's not. So he doesn't 
go to the airport and you're waiting for a connecting flight, what is playing on the big screens? CNN. If you're at a doctor's office and they happen to have the televisions in their waiting area, the news that they have playing is CNN. So when I report on a story that's on Fox, chances are only a small amount of people know of that story because ultimately the low information voter, the, oh, let me look up from waiting for my daughter to get a root canal the news or oh I'm waiting for my kinetic flight watches CNN or CBS or ABC and none of these outlets are going to report on anything that can cause their party to lose power. So out in Maryland, out in Maryland, and you got to admit, imagine if Republicans controlled the media. I mean, we talk about this all the time, and it's amazing that Republicans Don't try to do this. It really is. It's amazing. Republicans don't try to do it. And when someone points to Rupert Murdoch, no, it's it's Fox News is is a blip in the grand scheme. Of the Rupert Murdoch empire. It it really is a small blip. Remember. Fox. FX. The studio. That produces all the movies that get released. In Hollywood. When you go to and, and, and watch the Emmys. And one after another, celebrity stands up on stage, gets their Emmy, and bash Trump. They're from Rupert Murdoch Productions. I I mean, (laughs) it is what it is. Maryland. Okay. An individual, Nalish Mohammed Das of Hayesville, was arrested on Friday because he was plotting to attack a member of the U.S. 
military. DAS, a legal permanent resident of the United States, which means he was not born here. Okay? When you hear legal permanent resident, it means he's not from here. That means rather it was five years ago, rather it was 10 years ago, rather it was 15 years ago. If we had a were closed policy, okay, if we had a closed policy, somebody like Nelson Mohammed would not be in this country. If we had a policy that was, hey, we're closed. Okay? We're we're not Denny's. We're not IHOP. We're not open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, rain or shine, holidays, don't matter. If we had, we're closed. We're closed. Until further notice, we've got a bad case of E. coli. <laughs> Imagine terrorism is E. coli, okay? We've got a bad case of E. coli. We have people that are constantly getting sick. Some have died. So we need to close for just a little while until we get a handle on the ego lie. So, 24-year-old Nalish Mohammed Das, legal permanent resident, is being held at a detention center waiting a hearing. Das voiced support on his social media account for the Islamic State back in 2015 and early 2016, including support for attacks in Paris and San Bernardino. He had taken classes and submitted fingerprints in order to get a handgun permit. And that's according to court documents. He told a confidential informant who was working for the FBI that he wanted to kill U.S. military personnel. Conducting this attack is a goal. It's a, it's a goal in his life. According to documents, Das met the FBI's confidential informant in May of 2016 and thought he was a like-minded supporter of the Islamic State. 
the confidential FBI informant, Das, had gotten information about a target, a member of the U.S. military from an Islamic State group contact in Iraq. Iraq. Iraq, the place that Obama withdrew all of our troops from, which in turn created this vacuum, this this safe haven, so that ISIS could take the place of Al-Qaeda, except basically on steroids. Das allegedly said he wanted to help carry out an attack on the person and brought ammunition for it. Das believed that the confidential informant's contact in Iraq would pay $80,000 in exchange for the attack. Das was arrested after loading a gun and traveling with the informant to a location where he believed they would conduct the attack, the court documents say. A citizen of Bangladesh living in Maryland. A legal permanent resident of the United States. 24 years old. You didn't hear about this on CNN, did you? You didn't hear about this on MSNBC. You didn't hear about this on CBS. You didn't hear about this with George Stephanopoulos. Isn't that wild that these types of things happen and you don't hear about it? It's as if it didn't exist. And why? I ask you, maybe rhetorical, maybe not. But why? Because if CNN and the rest of them don't cover it, then it never Happened. Remember that, guys. If Fox is the only one that covered it, that means the only people that know about it, the only people that know about it are the people that watch Fox. So, the millions and millions and millions of people that watch MSNBC, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, Washington Post, New York Times, Daily Beast, Suffolk Post, BuzzFeed. And millions and millions of people that get their information from all of those places have 
no idea. Das in Maryland. They have no idea. They have absolutely no idea. Now flip that. Flip that. Imagine what our country would look like. Imagine what this race would look like. Imagine the policies. Imagine our safety. You go down the list. Imagine if that was flipped. All my Republican friends, imagine if that was flipped. Imagine if Fox was the liberal network and CNN, MSNBC, BuzzFeed, Washington Post, New York Times, L.A. Times, ABC, CNBC. Imagine if all of those outlets were staunch conservative Republicans. Exactly. Exactly. Think about how different the country would look. Think about how different the policies would be. Think about how this race would look. Be like night and day. Be like night and day. And that's why, that's why it's so important for Republicans to control the media. And if there's ever an opportunity to buy Twitter or a Facebook or an Amazon, or a Washington Post, or a New York Times. They have to jump on it. The New York Times is basically owned by a kid named Carlos Slim. A guy that's not even from This country owns the New York Times. Imagine that, my friends. The New York Times is the biggest liberal propaganda machine. And they are doing Everything in their power to go after Donald Trump. Principle 
owner, the man who infused them with the cash they needed to survive, is not even from this country. Matter of fact, some say, some say he's affiliated with some of the drug cartels in Mexico. Absolutely amazing. But let the story of Das from Maryland. And the fact that it's only on Fox be a lesson to all of my conservative friends. It's Rob Zakari's show. We're going to take a, another quick break. I mean, quick break. And when we come back, let's attack a couple other uh, tiny, teeny, weeny little things. It's Rob Zakari. Rob Zakari's show. I'll be right back.
We are back. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Zakaria, it's Rob Zakaria Show. Oh, man. It is uh, 8.30 p.m. here on uh, Los Angeles time. I don't know what the hell time it is where you are if you're – well, actually, I do. I mean, well, I don't know you per se. I don't, I don't, I don't know where everybody – and the audience is listening from. Actually, with Spreaker, I'm able to see as far as uh, downloads. I actually could see uh, the uh, geographic map. So when I look at downloads and I go, okay, this was downloaded, uh, you know, a hundred times. Like when we get done with the the show, I get stats. It's like, okay, Spreaker says this, and a Blog Talk says that. I actually uh, get uh, the uh, the demographics, so to speak. So it'll say, uh, you know, 130 people listened in LA, or um, you know, 22 people listened in, uh, you know, Biloxi, Mississippi. Or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Istanbul. (laughs) Istanbul. If you're listening in L.A., it's 8.35. If you're listening in New York, it's 11.35. And if you're listening in Texas. If you're listening in Texas, it's 1035. All right. So if you go to our site, com, if you go to Twitter, if you go to uh, zerofiltered.com, that's another site. It's another winner. Um, we have a new article. Yes, another article. And it's actually about uh, the uh, Trump tax situation. We did a uh, a big bit about it last night. We have a part one and we have a part two. Tonight's was part one. Tonight was all about the outrage from the left. The outrage and how people were very distraught that Donald Trump used the tax code for his benefit and the benefit of the thousands and thousands of people that worked for him and continue to work for him. So if you go to the site, you can read the article. Now, part two to the story. Dos. See, that's my Spanish. You like that? I speak Spanish. Dos. Dos will be up tomorrow, which is the breakdown of the tax codes. And this bizarre, liberal fatuation with 
pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. You got to pay your, like, people don't pay their fair share. You can't breathe air without being taxed. I paid my rent today. And the trash pickup, the water thing had a tax on it. Everything had a tax on it. There's a tax on everything. The gasoline tax. Everything's got a tax on it. And liberals say that's for our schools. That no, it's not. Listen, you want to know where the 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 chunk of our tax dollars go? And you'll trip out, and I'll get pushback. Pensions for government workers make up a huge portion of our tax dollars. I'm not talking about the debt or interest on the debt. But just out here in California alone, Millions, and I mean millions of dollars that are collected in taxes go in federal employees as it pertains to pensions. People that have worked for the government or or, or worked for the state for 10, 12 years, 13 years. And now for the rest of their lives, they get the salary that they had on day one for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's... You know, maybe tomorrow, and I know this bores a lot of you. One of uh, one of my friends said it's wonky. Our uh, our 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 writer who puts together the show bits said he 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 gets lost when we start talking about the tax stuff. He goes, "Ugh, I, I zone out." I'd rather listen to you talk about Kim Kardashian or Pepe the Frog. But maybe I'll bust out uh, some numbers for you. To what? You know what? Hold on. Uh, California um, pension costs for government. Let me see if this will work. If I could, if I could kick it up without, you know, killing us here. Let's see here. Hold on. I, you know, I, it might be, it might be one of those like, ugh. It might, it might, uh, it might be a little bit, uh, you know, where, where we got. Dead air, and <laughs> you don't really want that. You don't really want that, right? You don't really want that. 
Okay, let's see here. This is back about a year ago. We have, uh, yeah. See, it's it's in the it's it, it puts us in the in the weeds, so to speak. It, it does. It, it puts us in the weeds. But he, here's a little number. Uh, this is back about a year and a half ago. So I'm sure we haven't all of a sudden reversed this. But just about a year and a half ago, the government retiree obligations ran close to $3.5 trillion. Yeah. $3.5 trillion. A lot of the numbers that don't get added to a lot of these budgets or a lot of these numbers, kind of like the unemployment numbers. When you hear somebody say unemployment's 4.8%, it's 4.8%, but they don't count all the people that have stopped looking for work. Because once you're in the labor market, and I know this is an old thing to say, but it goes with what we're talking about. As far as pension numbers and things that don't get put on the balance sheets when you hear Governor Jerry Brown or, or other governors on the left talk about, oh, wow, look where we are and we're, we're so successful and this and Donald Trump not paying his tax dollars or not paying his fair share uh, means that roads and that's bull that's bull that's bull it's absolutely bull but just like uh, the unemployment doesn't track the people who have left the workforce people who have given up looking for work these Budgets, whether it's California or Oklahoma, don't talk about unfunded liabilities. Now, when you're talking about California having unfunded liabilities, there's something to the tune of $500 billion. So if we actually used tax dollars to pay as we go, remember years and years and years and years ago when it was a big deal to have a deficit of five or six trillion? You know what you don't hear about 
the deficit anymore. It's like nobody cares about the deficit. Nobody cares about the deficit. Remember Gore and Bush and then Obama v. McCain. There's audio of Obama talking about the deficit, $9 trillion. The de- we're not going to be able to afford whatever day. We're got now the deficit's twenty trillion. Obama's doubled it. I remember I said this to my dad, Mister Lefty, and he goes, "We didn't really double it when Bush uh, 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 took office. When Bush left office, it was like thirteen trillion." I go, "Okay, he almost doubled it." My dad's like, "Well, if it's not doubled, oh Jesus, okay, Dad." Okay. Used to be about the deficit. It used to be about the deficit. It's not about the deficit. But back then, it was all about pay for what we need, pay for what we have, no different like the rest of the American people that live, breathe, and survive country. Oh, I would like that Maserati. How much is it? It's ten grand. I know it's not ten grand, but well, I only got five grand. Okay. Can't have the Maserati. And so years ago, we used to always have those conversations. If we take in X amount of trillion, we can only spend X amount of trillion. But now it doesn't matter. No one cares. So when you hear a liberal say, Donald Trump not paying his taxes costs the military. It's it's just... It's beyond ludicrous. And, like we talked about last night, it's beyond ludicrous to say he doesn't pay his taxes. No different. And part two to our tax story, we'll cover this. I don't mean to go over it again, but it really burns my nuts. When the left runs to the defense of GE... And other companies that give millions of dollars to senators' campaigns. And they defend GE, of course, it's NBC, with, well, it's not so cut and dry as far as federal taxes because they still pay payroll tax and they still pay. The same thing applies to Donald Trump. Same thing still applies to Donald Trump. So when liberals and the rest dole out this BS about bridges and roses, just say, listen, stupid. You know what? 
How about start with the pensions? How about you start with the, the, the pensions of, of, of these government employees? How's that? How's that, dummy? And if you want to talk about being stiffed for roads and schools, hit up Microsoft. Hit up the companies that I listed last night that not only didn't pay federal tax, but they also got rebates. They got in rebates what Donald Trump lost and what he's accused of not paying over 15 years. Eight companies received what Donald Trump supposedly, and that's the funny thing, we don't even know. We don't even know. But, remember what my theory is, and we'll see if my theory pans out. I still think my theory is going to pan out. I could be wrong, but I still think that my theory of the tax returns coming from the Trump camp and the fact that Eventually, Trump will release his tax returns and will pressure Hillary Clinton to release her Goldman Sachs speech. We'll see if it pans out. Ah, it's Rob Zakari show. I got this uh, coffee machine. I got you know. Listen, not to break our political flow here but I got this coffee machine and it's one of those single shot coffee machines and I gotta tell you this could be this could be greatest still greatest and I mean single greatest Invention, possibly, possibly, more than the computer or the automobile. <laughs> I kid you not. Kid you not. I can't believe I've never had a single shot coffee machine throughout my coffee drinking life. It's the greatest invention. The fact that you don't have to brew an entire pot of coffee. The fact that you can get multiple flavors. Multiple flavors. A of, of 20 flavors so you don't have to buy a giant bag of I don't know Vienna import whatever the hell you want to call and then you go through that and then you buy another bag you don't want to buy Two, three, four, five different bags. 
makers, you literally can buy a box for eight bucks, nine bucks of French toast is what I'm drinking right now. And then you can buy a box of pumpkin spice, which is what I had in the beginning of the show. And then you can buy a box of vanilla cream. I know they're all fruity, gay flavor, <laughs> fruity gay flavors, but I, I like fruit gay coffee. Maybe that's the feminine in me. Maybe that's the the, the gay gene. Not that I'm gay, but my sister's gay. Asked me, but brushed up that like fruity coffee, not like, you know, dark almond roast. You know, I like the little pumpkin spice. I don't know. But it is the greatest single invention to ever come in the coffee world. The only drawback is it's definitely not as, okay? It's definitely not as strong as if you um, brewed a big old pot and instead of putting two heaping teaspoons, you use like a half a cup, and then you're like, wow, this is strong. It's not as strong, but that's the only drawback. So if you've got a couple bucks on you or you know somebody that has a couple bucks and they want to do a, a square and you something, have them buy you a single shot coffee machine. Promise it will bring lots of joy into your life. Okay, there's my my coffee advertisement. Now, I want to go into a half a um, half a political commentary and half a Celebrity commentary because uh, I know my reader likes what I talk about a celebrity commentary. I just think it's funny, so let me uh, 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 pop on this for a minute. Now, remember yesterday we talked about the Kim Kardashian, uh, an alleged robber. Because I still think there's a lot of funkiness that's going on. And I'm not 100% sold that, A, it wasn't an inside job, or B, that it was uh, not a work, meaning it was staged. Now, remember, here's the premise. Five men dressed as police officers went up to a private, a private bungalow. Not even a hotel like Marriott, you know, with the whole lobby and security everywhere. No, 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 no. During Fashion Week, Kim Kardashian stayed in a private bungalow or a private apartment that was part 
of a hotel, but the hotel, remember, again, is not a commercial hotel, like just some Paris hotel thing. So she stays in this private suite whatsoever in this private suite. Again, I live in an apartment building in Glendale, California. They have security guards in our building. And this is apartment Glendale. She is staying in this quasi bungalow with no security. She's brought in with her $10 million worth of jewels. Now, I heard someone say when individuals said, why would she do that? Someone said, well, it's Fashion Week and, you know, that's what you do. That's how she makes money during... No, 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 no. No, 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 no. She wasn't there at Fashion Week to parade up and down a runway with all of these jewels. That that wasn't what she was there to do. It's not what she was there to do. It was not where $10 million worth of jewels and put on a Kim Kardashian jewelry runway walk. That That's not it. So, She's there with $10 million at the jewelry for no reason. Absolutely no reason. For one security guard, one security guard leaves her to take the other, this famous Kardashian left alone for the two lesser Kardashian sisters to go to a club. And the over-the-top more famous Kardashian sister is the one with $10 million worth of jewelry. Exactly. It all doesn't add up. It's very bizarre. So, popular Kardashian is it a bizarre quasi hotel room bungalow? Not the Hyatt or Hilton hotel with ten million dollars of jewels, nobody guard, just chilling by himself. Bodyguard is with her lesser the nightclub. Okay. These five guys come in dressed as cops, tie up to a bathroom, steal her jewels, and then leave. Actually, they got in because this quasi bungalow. Quasi 
bungalow has a consigliere. So they held the consigliere hostage or intimidate him or whatever they did to get him to let them into Cartesian's room. Okay. So that's the story. They bind her. They, they, they tie her up. They steal all of her jewels. And then they leave. Okay. Right. Now, that whole story is very fishy, very bizarre, very mondo, very weird. Now, it gets not only did the robbers take $10 million of jewels, but they took one, maybe two of Kim Kardashian's cell phones. <sighs> okay. If the story can't get any more bizarre, if the story can't get any more Is this an inside job? Is this a work of gazy insurance fraud? She doesn't know about it, but it's planned from the mom. I mean, they took cell phones. They took cell phones. Why did they take cell phones? Because maybe, maybe there's some compromising information on them. And that compromising information can be used to blackmail Kim Kardashian. Because, hey, $10 million worth of jewels isn't a big enough haul. They got to use compromising information on a cell phone to then demand more money for conversation to, of course, risk getting caught. I mean, it just just doesn't make sense. And, guys, you know how much $10 million worth of jewels are? I'm, that's, that's a heist of historic proportions. Movies are made about. This is like oceans of $10 million jewel heist. Two cell phones. Imagine what compromising information possibly be on a Kim Kardashian cell phone. Naked pictures? I don't think so. Sex videos? I don't think so. 
what the hell? What is there left as far as compromising pictures or information? Could the Kardashian clans possibly have millions and millions of dollars full? Guys, this story is becoming more and more. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. And I know I, I shouldn't say this because it's bad, but I'm not going to say it just in case it goes on radio. BS. I was going to use a different word for us. And don't forget, Kim Kardashian, poof, vanished. Middle of the night. Took off. And took off. I'm telling you, I'm calling it a BS story. Cell phones. On top of the $10 million jewels, took two cell phones. Why? Because remember, it's supposed to be broke. Hmm. And the other is $6.7 million. Dollars worth jewels. I mean, talking for ten, you took eleven million dollars worth of jewels and two cell phones. Oh, man, come on! And then King Kardashian uh, jumps an airplane and takes off. Come on. Really? Really? Guys, think about think about this. Like I said, it will tell you there's no video. I mean, again, the hotel, the bungalow, there's no video. No footage. Nobody going in and out. Where the hell was she staying? I'm telling you, inside job or a work, a hoax, a fugazi, an insurance scam, two cell phones, publicity stunt, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. Want to call it? I don't believe it for one minute. All the social media trolls scream and yell all they want, but don't believe it. Don't believe it. There's Kardashian cell phone. Tell me. That you have people that grabbed five million or ten million dollars worth of jewels, five million dollar ring, six point seven million dollars worth of other necklaces and stuff are gonna now call their Kardashian crew and go, We have pictures of your sister's husband. 
OD'd with a bunch of hookers. We have... <laughs> what else is there? What compromising information? I mean, this family is the, the quintessential dregs with money. Heard that say white trash with money? They are dregs of money. Such a low life scum. They got cell phones. And then to stay on the whole pop culture media topic. The Saturday Night Live, or more importantly, the Alec Baldwin, or Alec Baldwin portrayal of Donald Trump is kind of amusing. And, and let me let me let me just kind of throw this out there. And I'm sure it's been talked about already, at least in the conservative world. But here's the left, and Alec Baldwin is a champion as far as the left and as far as attacking Republicans and wanting Hillary Clinton elected. Here is a person that went live, because now remember, the entire debate leading up to Saturday was Saturday Night Live going to do the right thing. That's, I mean, that's where we are now. If you are a liberal, or I take if you're in the entertainment business, if you are uh, part of the entertainment business, whether you're a filmmaker, whether you're a talk show host, whether you're a comedy writer, whatever, if you don't come out against Donald Trump, you are ostracized, you are belittled, you are bullied, you are made fun of, you you, you are treated like you just raped somebody's grandmother. You see what happened to Matt Lauer, which in turn wasn't Samantha B. A not even a second rate or third rate. Got like a nine rate eight night talk show host condemning Jimmy Fallon for not attacking Donald Trump. So Fallon felt the heat. If you do not come out against Donald Trump, then you are ostracized. So the entire week was all about setting up love to do the right thing. They messed up months, months, months ago when they let Trump host and they humanized him. But are they going to do the right thing this time? They better do the right 
thing. I mean, that's all liberal press was saying. Rather, it was CNN and their little opinion pieces they write, or it was the or it was BuzzFeed or Huffington Post. It was all about, hey, Saturday Night Live, you better do the right thing. That's all they kept saying. You better do the right thing. So Saturday Night Live had this enormous pressure put on them from all of their peers to do the right thing. I guess between commercials where you portray supporters as clan members and Nazis isn't strong enough. It's like they they want it to be even stronger. Baldwin. And he does the whole um, Trump imitation. And McKinnon is Hillary Clinton. And basically, Hillary Clinton's back. But Donald Trump is Okay. But he's of liberals. Here's the pure hypocrisy of liberals. Liberals are extremely offended by Donald Trump's words. They're extremely offended the way he treats women. They're extremely offended with how he talks and acts and so forth and so on. And the person that they use to attack Donald Trump is somebody who is horrible with women, horrible with homosexuals, overall bad person. And the left, just like they do with Bill Clinton, pretends that that history doesn't exist. So the left and Hillary Clinton can attack Donald Trump for being a misogynist and being a sexist and all these things. And yet they revere Bill Clinton, assaulted women, sexually harassed. I mean, just just a, just a horrible track record with women. And the big buildup to go after Trump and to just let him have it is getting Alec Baldwin, who famously, famously called his adolescent daughter a pig. Rude pig. Not only did he call a girl, a woman, a pig, but he verbally abused his own child. So here's the left demanding Saturday Night Live to go after Trump. And they get Alec Baldwin. 
to be the guy to tell all the American people that Donald Trump is a disgusting pig, is, a, is just a horrible person. And here's Alec Baldwin calling his own daughter a rude pig. Just berating her over the phone. Hypocrisy at its best. Hypocrisy, and let's not forget his little Twitter rant with the reporter or whoever it was that commented about Baldwin's wife using uh, her cell phone at a funeral or whatever the hell it was. And Baldwin called the guy a fag, called him a queen. And Baldwin has used the word fag on more than one occasion. That wasn't the first time he had attacked somebody and used homophobic language. That's what it's called. Homophobic language. A slurs. Baldwin's done it on more than one occasion. On more than one occasion, Baldwin used the word fag. Again, this is the liberal's answer. I mean, if they're saying, hey, Alec Baldwin's a scumbag. Alec Baldwin has no moral compass. Alec Baldwin is a, is a is a is a sexist pig. That's why we're using him to portray Trump. Okay, but they're not. They're pretending that Alec Baldwin has none of this past, and in turn attacking Donald Trump and saying, "Hey." Our closets are squeaky clean. It's just just amazing. And, and, if you want to even go back further in the history of Alec Baldwin, look up his relationship and some of the things that were reported that went on between him and and Kim Basinger. Alec Baldwin is pillar of this awesome moral compass. And it's hilarious. How Hollywood does this. It's just, it's amazing to me. It, It really is. It's just amazing. Go look. At some of the reports 
that were about uh, Basinger and Baldwin's relationship. On more than one occasion, Kim Basinger said part of the reason they divorced was because Alec Baldwin was verbally abusive. I mean, the guy had to go to counseling for his anger. I mean, the guy that got into a fight with paparazzis, this fighting. (laughs) Talk about sexist. Talk about abusive. Alec Baldwin is a billboard of how not to treat women and children. very ironic, it's very comical, and it's just another example of the left's hypocrisy. I mean, literally, and I'll close this segment up with the hypocrisy Van Jones was debating Jeffrey Lord about the Trump and the fact that Hillary Tookin, uh, Hillary Tookin, Hillary Clinton basically did the same thing with about $700,000. And Van Jones went crazy for you guys to play this game. Sure, Hillary Clinton took a 700000 write-off as far as the deduction and carryover but Trump took I mean, the false is just as crazy as you guys would all the time. Basically, what Van Jones is saying is that But you shot us in the face. And shooting someone in the face is far worse than kicking them in the balls. Hypocrisy at its best. From Van Jones to Alec Baldwin. And a little Kardashian in between. No hypocrisy there, but it was a pop culture segment. All right, it's the Rob Zuccari Show. It's 930. We are done for the night. I'm retiring, okay? Well, not retiring forever. I'm just calling it a night. You guys are the best audience in the world, okay? You're the best audience in the world. We'll see you guys tomorrow at the same time. Uh, Maybe we'll talk about a little of the um, vice president debate. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll talk about the um, Julian Assange press conference that turned out to be nothing. He got a whole bunch of people to 
tune in live to watch him say nothing. I didn't. I just read about it, and it was funny. I don't know. We'll talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Maybe uh, we'll talk a little more about Kanye West and Kim Kardashian and the Fugazi heist. But anyways, it's Rob Zakari Show. Don't forget, go to our site, check us out, uh, read our articles. We'll have part two to the Trump attacks. Debate tomorrow. You guys are the best. It's the Rob Zuccari Show.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us uh, on uh, iTunes. Follow us uh, on Blog Talk Radio. Follow us on iHeartRadio. Just follow us. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Be safe. It's the Rob Zuccari Show. Over and out.